0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Dafa Shavua, Sekhus Chagiga study Daph Yud Gimel. We are still smack in the middle of an analysis of very difficult concepts. Analysis is an overstatement. What I have tried to do with these dafim is to try to find some halakhic issues that come from the Dafa and apply it. I appreciate the feedback on it and the many questions. Uh, Some of you have even made calculations of how long it's going to take to get up to Shemayim and the seven heavens. What I did want to say, and this comes up on Daf Yud Gimel Amid Beis, which I was thinking about on Shabbos during the Shira, Shira L'Hashem Ki Go'o we refer to Hashem here as the ultimate of Gaius. We know that Gaiva arrogance showing off is something that we put down. But the uh, conclusion here of the Gemara, it doesn't mean that Hashem is a guy, but it means that to any individual, it could be the greatest man, the person who thinks he's the greatest man, greatest animal, all the different things that are mentioned, but ultimately we're all under the Rebona Shalala. The Vilna Gon pointed out that the main goal of davening is to realize that we need to be more humble. So I think just to put that in context of what we're studying, The fact that many of these ideas are way beyond me us i don't mean to insult anyone but i think really beyond all of us and at most we try to translate what the gemara says it's also a sign of humility understanding what we can't understand so that'd be a little bit of an introduction to remind us that sometimes there is such a deeper there are deeper aspects to the rural we still should learn. Voracious, we should still learn Yecheskel, but understand our limitations in a much deeper analysis. Two issues that I want to focus on are going to be today. One is a statement as far as not teaching Torah to non-Jews. The way it slips into our Gemara, Adaf Yud Yimov is as a sidebar to the Kabbalistic discussion except for the Me'iri who actually sees it as part of the same discussion. And a lot of you asked me about at what age can we start studying Kabbalah in a deeper way? So I want to try to deal with that a little bit, how how halachas have dealt with it. Is it 40? Is it 50? How do we deal with the historical reality that many of the great Kabbalists studied even before 40? I think the Arizal if I'm correct, passed away when he was 41 years old. I'm not sh- exactly sure, but we could check that out. So he was obviously studying Kabbalah beforehand. So we'll try to touch on some of these issues through today's year. The Shach in Yerodea, Semen Reshmem Vav, Sifkat and Vav, within a discussion of Hilchas Tamatora, makes a comment on the Ramah, who tells us not to learn Shar HaChachmos, now, there's a whole discussion what exactly does the Ramah mean by not studying Shara Chachmos. In fact, the Grahia, the Vilnagon, disagrees with the Shach's reading of Shara Chachmos. But for our purposes, the Shach gets into a discussion relating back to our Gemara of not studying Kabbalah. Now, he tries to at least in a broad way, define what exactly is Kabbalah. It seems to definitely include going deeply into some of the discussions that we've been dealing with superficially, Maisa Merkava, Maisa Bereshis, from Sefer Berachus from Yecheskel, and deeper. also relates to something that we're going to learn on Daf Yudalid of Pardes, of Great Tannaim who went into Pardes. Pardes, as we'll see, is a Rashi Tevos for different types of learning, including the last letter, Sod, but it's also at least the geographic location on the surface level. We'll see if we deal with some of that next week. And the Shach brings down something that many are familiar with. Vi'esh kasvush l'lumah kabola at arbayim shana. Kasav, quoting the mission of Impirkei Avos Ben We saw in this Gemara that one of the assets a person has to have is to have bina, to learn these topics. Bina, as we understand, is Hamevindavar, davar mitoch someone who's able to see the consequences of actions and to try to project what will happen. The Jews at times refer to as not only an Amchacham, but also a Navon. But not everyone agrees with this. And as they pointed out at the beginning of this year, we have some Kabbalists who learned before 40. Now, I'm not going to have a chance to go through the whole discussion on this topic, but I want to use a contemporary Shelo Tshuva from Revavadya. And this is found in the Shelo Tshuva, Yichav Das Chelik Dalet, simon Mem Zayin. Where Rebbe in the beginning, and this is an incredible setup, says that on the surface level, before we go deeper, a person should study Kabbalah. How could it be that we're going to come to the Olam MS to face Hashem and we haven't gained access and we haven't taken advantage of Kala Tarakula it Happens to be we're recording this before Pasha's Yisrael. We'll link something from the last part of the shir to the Parshas as well. And when a person comes to the next world, and he quotes many different sources, Hashem is going to ask the person, What did you learn? Why did you not learn certain things? And a person should be embarrassed and ashamed. He brings a number of opinions, including from the Zohar, that Kabbalah should be studied. He starts talking about the value of Pardes, and again I'm calling it Kabbalah slash Pardes, and from different Sfarim that say we should do it. But then he has many qualifiers. And the number one qualifier in many sources that he uses is that before we get into the abstract world of Jewish thought, we need to be sound halakhically, not just knowing what to do, but knowing the sources, knowing shas, knowing the poskim. And what Rivavadi presents is the concern is that if we're not grounded in the derech of halacha, then studying deep, abstract ideas will take us away from the halacha. And he develops this approach with many, many different sources. He then goes on to quote a marsha on our Gemara, Dafyid Gimbal Aleph, that the Chachmah Kabbalah Nogaz Lamalami Mysa Merkava, that it includes Mysa Merkava and beyond, Veroy l'astira Yosev Lola Glossa. And except for the very few, the exceptional, it is meant to be hidden and not to be revealed. But we should know that it exists in this world. He then goes on to lament the fact that there are those that are very superficial with it, even discussing in the newspapers, even using sources that people don't think are Kabbalistic but really are Kabbalistic. And his conclusion is vanizir, yarbe, that we have to be extremely careful with this and God willing, things should work out. It's really an incredible, incredible tshuva um, of the approach to this. Now, I just want to point out that not everything that is always called Kabbalah is Kabbalah. Hasidus and Kabbalah are often intertwined, but there's a lot of Hasidus that is not Kabbalistic. It's interpreting P'sukim, it's explaining Pshat. Often most people say the Maral is Kabbalistic. There may be Kabbalistic aspects or things influenced by Kabbalah, but that's really more Makshava. So this is not the time, and I'm not the expert, to break it down, but at least I gave you some of the Halakha Lamassah sources, And definitely not to jump to Kabbalah in, God forbid, a reckless way. We all need teachers, not only in halacha, but in this area as well. We do have on this DAF a major, mega halachic discussion as far as teaching Torah to non-Jews. The significance of this discussion actually is found in a number of Gemars, most famously in Mesecha Sanhedrin, where there it focuses on the prohibition for a non-Jew to study Torah. We're now in Parshish Yisrael. We know about the fact that the Jews did not accept the Torah. And the pasuk that is used there that gives a prohibition for non-Jews to study Torah is Torah Tzivalonu Moshe Morasha. Now, the different ways to understand the nature of the prohibition, is it that they would be stealing the Torah from us? Is it a form of adultery, invading the covenant, or rasa? We're not doing a full analysis over here of Sanhedrin. And then we have our Gemara that says, Ein Moser, and Divrei and And there's an additional pasug from Tehillim that is being used here. So I'm going to try to explain some of these issues in the limited time. It's a very fascinating discussion, Halacha Lamasa. First of all, how does this apply to a ger? Well, a ger is a non-Jew. Does this apply to all non-Jews? Does it apply to every part of the Torah? What happens if someone is teaching in a yeshiva and there are non-Jewish kids who are there? The mother's not Jewish. Could you not teach the class? What happens as a question that was asked to Rev Zilberstein and Eretz Yisrael, where there are many non-Jewish attendants who go along together with Jews to shiurim, and some, one of them ended up becoming so proficient in the classes that started asking questions to the Rav. So I want to try to address this issue. And what I'm going to do is use a few, what I would call classic or should be classic, responsa from the last uh, several hundred years to address it. Now, this doesn't sound on the surface to be so politically correct. Sounds very exclusionary. So we'll do some of the qualifiers on the general principle. We, of course, have to submit ourselves to the halachic system, even if it doesn't feel politically correct. And then we will address some of the specifics. And this would be an excellent topic to follow up with a shear maybe on shavuos or another time. There's a very important toast for us on Dafyut Gimel that will be found in many of the shalos and shuvos relating to this issue. And this is the Tosfos, mm-hmm. Divre Maschal, In Mosrin Divre Torah. Tosfos says that there are two possible issues with teaching Torah to a non-Jew. One is, since we have the Gemara and Sanhedrin, that they're not allowed to learn, so then it's a lifni, ve'lo siten, We'd be causing a prohibition for them. This could be avoided, as Tosfos points out, if someone else would be teaching them anyway. So therefore, it's not us that is the definitive one that would be teaching, because they'd learn it anyway. In fact, as related shuva of the Sri De'esh, where the Yaakov Weinberg said that anything in translation is available for them. So even if we're actually doing the teaching, it's not that we're the cause of it, they could have learned it anyway. Plus, there are certain things that they need to learn, such as the Sheva Mitzvot Noach. So we're already seeing a narrowing of the prohibition, the possibility, even before we get to some of the practical situations. The Tosfa says at the end that we still have to keep our Gemara in mind, where the Gemara says, from the Pasuk to Tehillim, Kof Mem Zayin, of Mishum Ma Gedvarav Li Yaakov Yisrael. So that would be true, aside from the Lifnei Iver issue, that this is something that's especially for us. But if we could find a way that there's a value associated with the teaching, and especially if it's a value that would benefit the Jewish people, then this would be the basis, another basis for an allowance. One of the reasons that there's going to be more flexibility on this topic than one would necessarily expect from reading the Gemara and Sanhedrin and Chagiga is that when you look at the Rishonim, such as the Meiri, you could read this also from the Rambam is that the nature of the prohibition is not just a question that the Torah is exclusive to us, but if a non-Jew would be using the Torah in a negative way, if it's Ovid Kochavim, they'd be using it to serve their God. It would be used to missionize, to try to attract Jewish people. But just to have principles of the Torah that are out in the world that wouldn't be the prohibition that exists. I never saw this documented, but they say that Yerb Yisrael Salanta felt that even in the secular world, there should be more knowledge of Talmudic principles. It would be good for the ethics of society. And we, such, we see such uh, quotes that very often from the Torah, from Neviim, from Ksuv, and even from the Talmud that are used in the public square. The Rambam does not include this prohibition of teaching non Jews. He does talk about the prohibition of non Jews learning, and there are also suggestions that the Rambam feel that it's only a question if it would be used for Avodah Zara, not just as general knowledge. One of the classic Chuvas on this topic, which is quoted in many later Chuvas, is from Rabdavitsvi Hafman. He's a great Rav born in Hungary in 1843, had a great academy, yeshiva. The Hildesheim, a Rabbinical Assembly in Berlin, passed away in the early 1920s. He's discussing a situation where a teacher would go into a German school, I guess a rabbinic figure, and they would have some kind of release time to teach religion. And the Jewish kids would come in and be able to learn Torah. But there was a kid in there who had a non-Jewish mother, and the father still wanted him to be in there. So, in this truva, the Malamid LaHayo, Rabbi David Hoffman, finds basis to allow it under certain circumstances. He said to go really halachlemais into issues is going to be very complicated. If this kid is there, this is Malamid LaHayo Chelik Beis Siman Ayin Zion. But if we could teach lessons that would be relevant to the B'nai Noach, if we could teach about the miracles, we could teach about Yerushalmiim could teach about the special position of the Jewish people in the Neviim and the Kesuvim, then that wouldn't be an issue. And he quotes from the Shilte Giborim in his Perish on the Rif Avodzarachaf, Chaf Ahmed Aleph, that non-Jews could be taught things about the consolation and redemption that is promised to Bnei Yisrael. It's interesting that Ramosha seems to be more flexible. It's not the exact same case, but this is the Sheila Sathuva Sigosmoshe or Yerdeh Base Simon Kuflamid base. And he's talking about a situation where you have non Jews at the Seder. And how do you teach Torah? So much of the Seder is about Torah and you're not just doing the Torah Tav, getting into Torah Peh, and different Injana. This is the Shay in your Dea Chilik Basim Kuflamid Base from Ramosha. This was written Yutest Teves Tavshin Gimel. and he says that it depends who your audience is. You could have a non-Jew at the table, but he's not your audience. The Jewish people are the ones that you're focusing on. You would think that this would have worked for the Malami Laho as well, but that's not the approach that he took. In this truva, Ramosha Moshe quotes another Tshuva of the Sriday Mikhail Yaakov Weinberg I alluded to before who offers a number of possible justifications, including the Marsha on our Gemara, who says that if you look at the context of our entire Gemara, it's discussing sisray, the secrets of the Torah, the Tame mitzvahs. So to teach that to non-Jews could undermine, and maybe they'll think the whole Yahadus is a joke, and maybe they'll use it to try to missionize and to condemn who we are, but in general it wouldn't apply. And he has many other allowances that are in there. These are some of the topics that fall under this very major discussion of teaching Torah to non-Jews and for non-Jews learning Torah. To be continued, you should have a great week of learning.